Today's daf is daf Lamed Hay. We're beginning at the top of Lamed Hay Amid Aleph. Just in the middle of a sugya, just recap. So, the way the Ran explains it is as follows, is that if a person says that Kikar Zed, this Kikar is prohibited to you, so there's no question, if I said this Kikar is prohibited to you, with Koch of a Neder, and it's in my possession, which means I have the ability to do it, so then even if this kikar is given over to you, I give this kikar to you, it still would be prohibited to you because that, it doesn't fall off. It's a, I said this kikar. Our, uh, our question was, what if you said kikri? My kikar is also to you. What is the situation? How, how would that work? Now the Ron says as follows. We didn't speak this out yesterday, but I want to I, I want to speak it out. The Ron says it as follows: that if, if even if, if I said this is my key card, there's no question. If I gave it to a third party, let's say I sold this loaf to a third party, and then that third party either sells or gives it to you, there's no question. Under that circumstance, the prohibition would not remain with it. Because that's, that's not what I'm coming to exclude. My kikar should be also on you if I give it to a third party. But the only question is, did I say my kikar should be also on to you when I gift it to you? Because if I gift it to you, it no longer is my kikar. So therefore the question is, so therefore maybe I said specifically my kikar because I want to leave open that if I want to give it to you, that the nether should not apply. Or do we say no, that if you said my kikar, the nether would still apply even if I give it over to you. So what the rhyme throws in, we'll see based on today's Gemara, is that through a third party, there's no question that it would fall off. The only question is, if it's directly from me to you, does the prohibition still remain? So the Gemara threw in a, a, a swara yes, Today, Rava said that Shita, it's obvious that um, I specifically said my kikar because I want to make it also to you. Right? Because why else did I say it's my kikar? Because what? It's my kikar that should be also to you to stop you from stealing it from me. I mean, you don't want to steal it from me anyway. So why would I say mine? Obviously, I said it's my kikar is that uh, the purpose of doing this, right? That was the Lashon of Shita Avgad Yav Matona Osir, right? Because what, 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 what would I be saying? What would I be coming to exclude? I can't exclude it's mine when it's only mine. What to exclude you stealing? Obviously it's mine. Even when I gifted you, it still would be Osir. That's what the Ron, the, the, the Rav said such a far. And the Gemara pushed back that maybe not. Maybe is. I make, I said, it's my key because it becomes yours when I gift it to you, it would not be awesome. So why did I say it? That I said to exclude that you can't come and eat by me. When I invite you, it's still my kikar, that's where the nedra would be. Not for when you steal it, obviously, but that, so that, that they want to push back, so it's not 100%. So Rubber felt that it would be, um, obviously it does, uh, it, it does go over to the next, uh, to, the, to the person when you gift it directly to him. They want to push back that maybe not. But that's where we're up to. We're still trying to figure out, is there a way to prove one way or the other from Mishnahis, from Bryce's, that if a person says, it's my kikar, that he specifically say mine, to exclude the case that they therefore not include the net is not bound in a case where I gift it to somebody that now he can use it or it includes that case as well. That's where we are right now uh, in the middle. Yes. Can I ask a question? Good. You always, when you make a nether on something, it has to belong to you. Right. I'm making it now. It belongs to me. But the question is, what if now it no longer belongs to me after I made the nether and I gifted it to you? So under normal circumstances, it would still be bound. 
If I said this loaf is oser and I gift it to you, it's still oser. But now I said my kikar, once I gift it to you, it's no longer mine. Maybe it's no longer bound. That was the Shiloh. All right. So Mara says like this. Asevei. Mara has a question. Uh, trying to bring a, 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 a proof from a Bryson, not like Rava. All right. So Amar Li. Hashilevi Parosa. The case is that Reuben comes to Shimon. He says, "Listen, I see you have a cow grazing in the in uh, in the backyard. I want you to lend me your cow." So Amalo says. So the the uh, Shimon says to him, "He says, listen, I only have one cow, and therefore I cannot lend it to you." And he and he, and he uh, emphasizes it with a neder. What does he say? He says, "Konah Parosh ani konoi." That they said that I make a neder on this cow that I uh, possess, shanikana that I possess, lecha that it's usher, uh, 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 uh to to you that this uh, uh, that this cow will become always usher to you or nixi alecha or all my assets will always become usher to you im para elazu if I have any cow other than this one. So basically, what the person says is, listen. I need this cow, and my uh, and and this cow will become usher to you if I'm lying. If I have any other cow, then this cow will become usher to you with a neder, or all my assets become usher to you with a koach of a neder if I have any other cow. I'm not sure exactly why he said it that way, but that's the point he, he was trying to make. Or and uh, case number two, hashleini kardumech. Forever comes as I want. I want uh, lend me your axe. Right? He says, I make a nether with a koch of a konem, with a, the koch of, should be like a korban, this axe that I, that I possess, or nixelai, or all my acids, um, that I possess, should be usher immediately called him elazeh if I have any other acts other than this one. So in both the cases, what ends up happening nimtza sheyeshlo. So it comes out that this person actually has another cow, or this person has another axe. What does the ruling of the bride? What is the ruling? Says bechayav usher. As long as this person's alive, meaning the one who made the neder, then uh, the uh, the which which be would be. Um, in our case, it was Reuven wanted to borrow from Shimon. So Shimon was the maid, the neder. It will be also to Reuven, as long as Shimon is alive. Mace, when Shimon dies, so then it's no longer his. It's no longer his, so therefore, uh, so Mace, Osha nasna matana, Osha nitna matana, the gear so we're going to see. Or if it was given as a gift, let's say Reuven ended up getting it through a gift, then the nether falls away and it is permissible. So Nagmara wants to bring this as a proof that you see, even though someone said that there's a nether on it, but since he said, it, 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 he said, my, uh, my axe, my cow will become oster on you, that implies that if it's no longer his, i.e., what are the two examples where it's no longer his? Either he dies, or he, or it's gifted, to Ruvain, and now it no longer belongs to Shimon, then Ruvain can go ahead and use it. So the one who's asking this is a question on Rava, because Rava said that it was Pasha to him that even though you said it's mine, doesn't take away the prohibition when he gifts it. That's, that, that's the one who's asking, and it's from a, from a, from a, from a bride that the one who's asking is a question. Okay? 
So when it says like this, Amar of Achav Reidrav Ika, he says that the right reading is a Shinat Shinasna Leiv Matana. The right, the Masora they had was Shinitna, like as if there was a Chirik under the Nun, like a Yud after. Shinasna is, if, 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 if Reuven gave it to Shimon, it would be Shinasna. But the correct reading is Shinitna, that it was given. Not that Reuben gave it to Shimon. Somehow it ended up in, or not that Shimon gave it to Reuben, but somehow it ended up in Reuben's hands. Shimon gave it to Levi, and then Levi went and gave it to Reuben. Now the Ram spoke out that under that circumstance there was no Shiloh. But they weren't saying you have no Raya over here, because it's not talking about where it went directly from Shimon to Reuben, but it went through a third party. And the Girsa, which the Ram points out of it, very interesting, since everything was oral, it wasn't written, but the Mesorah they had is that the correct word is, is with a, like a chirik under the nud. Shenitna actually bears a proof to this. So therefore, not it was given to him through a third party. That's why the neder is no longer uh, binding. And Amarav Ashi Dekanami Diktani Shenitna Loi. And he said that the, that, the, that the proof for this is because the precise reading, the Masora is not Shenosna Loi, Shenitna Loi, Veloktani Shenosna Loi. And therefore, the, the rhyme comes out, La Halochai Paskins like Rava, even though a person said Kikri Alai. Kikri, kikri zualecha. My kikri is also to you, even though he made a possessive mind. It doesn't go off when he gives it directly to him. The nedra still remains, and he says because you see that the, that was Rubber's initial uh, pasha. There was pasha to him, and also the dekanami. The clearly the reading that emphasized it had been given to him, not that he gave it to him. Also supports that, and that's what the Ron says is the halacha. Let's go weiter. Now the one is going to ask an interesting shaila over here again. There's a, there's a lot to discuss on this in terms of Eun, but let's just take it at the basic, in the, in the, in the, in the, there is the concept of Konam. Konam is, remember, is a, uh, a, a usage of the word which implies Korban. So you make the neder should be like a konam. It's like saying it's like a korban, but it's, it's binding as a neder. Now this is ned, this is this is not neder isra. We're not talking about neder hegdish, but because there's no question, if you make something a korban, then it's a korban. Now one of the halachas of korban is there's a din meilo that if you misappropriate. Uh, inadvertently, you will use a korban. Specifically, inadvertently, b'shogeg, you need to bring a korban. The Gemara is going to ask, what is the koach of a neder? If you make a neder and you're matvised, this should be also to you like a korban. If the person inadvertently uses it, misappropriates it, does that obligate the person who violated the neder to bring a korban? Means what is the strength, the power of a neder that it's like a carbon? Is it mamish got similar halachas of a carbon that it could also require having to bring a carbon for the violation of the neder b'shogeg? That is the Gemara's question. So is there meila by a konan by a neder where it was there without fossa that it should be like a carbon? Do we say that it also can result in the bringing of a korban or not? That's the way the Ron explains the Shiloh. So Amalei Tanisua, he says, the Choro can bring a Raya from a Mishnah we had a couple of days ago. Remember we had a Mishnah a couple of days ago that if there was a neder between uh, two individuals, so the halacha is that there is a, you're allowed to bring to the mitzvah of Ashavas Avedo, you're allowed to return the lost object. 
We say, well, what happens if it's in a locale that the, uh, there is a reward or there is a compensation that is made that the uh, finder gives to the the, 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 the finder receives from the owner. So we said that if there's a nether, he would not be allowed to use that money. So what do you do with that money? Now normally, the Ron says, normally when something is also to use, the Gemara uses an expression to throw it into the Yamamelech. We find that throughout Shas. But here the Mishnah says something different. What does it say? Give it to the Beis HaMikdash. Why are we picking on giving it to the Beis HaMikdash? Must be because it has a koach like a carbon. That's why you have to give it to the Beis HaMikdash. That's the proof the Mora wants to bring. So the Chayra says like this, Tanisu, we have arrived from our Mishnah, it says, in a place where there is a uh, compensation made to give it to the finder, so that benefit is, should, be, should fall to the Beis HaMikdash. So therefore, the main Raki Hegdish, so the implication is, means it's got a din like a carbon. My Hegdish yesh for the Elah, and therefore, just as Hegdish, there is a din me'ila, so av konam is so to a neder that is given with a koch of a carbon, of konam, yesh bahed me'ila. So therefore, that would seem to be a proof from our Mishnah that there is me'ila by konamas. Says the Gemara, you're right. But it's actually Kitanoim. It's actually a Machlokas Tanoim on this very issue. There's a Machlokas Tanoim. Kainem Kikar Zu Hegdish. What happens if a person said that this loaf should be like Hegdish? And he said, Kainem Kikar Zu Hegdish. He never identified for any specific person, which means he's saying, with a Koch of a Nether, this should be also to everybody. But Nehemiah said that it's actually a carbon. The, the level of prohibition he associated with was what? A nether, a nether. Never said it's an actual carbon, a nether. It's for Achla, and he ate it, Beinu, Beinachayr, whether he was the one who ate it, or his friend ate it. Ma'al, that's considered an act of Me'ila, misappropriation. And therefore, but we, we, we see right away, this Tana holds that if you give a loaf, the koch of a konam, even though you didn't actually make it a carbon, but you made it a nether that should be like a carbon, that if somebody, either you or somebody else, inadvertently consumes it, the halacha is that you have a din of me'ilah. And therefore, the next piece of like this is, remember, this item is not an actual korban. It's got the value of a korban. I mean, it's got kudush damim. And we know by a korban, if something has a kudush's damim, you can redeem it. You can give an equi- equivalent amount of money. The money becomes hegdish, and therefore, and the item is, is released. So therefore, since we're saying that there is me'ilah, right, for everybody, body. So therefore, lefichal yesh lapidyan. It also has another hegdish aspect to it. What's the second hegdish aspect that applies to this loaf that you prohibited through a konam? Is that you can redeem it? You can transfer. It. Therefore, the loaf would then become mutter, and it's the money that would be now usher through the. Through, through the, uh, through, uh, through the nether, right? Now, the reason why we're going to see, in this case, because this was a really a strong koach of a carbon. Why was it a strong koach of a carbon? Because you didn't identify this nether to any one particular person. What did you say? You said, this is usur to everybody. When it's got that level, that high level of kedusha, then it also has the ability to be redeemed. It's very interesting. It seems to be counterintuitive because you might think when it's less kadosh, it can be redeemed. No, 
no. Forget The stronger the level of Kedusha, then the easier it is to redeem it. Therefore, since it's also to everybody, yesh lapidyan. But if you said kikar zu alai, let's say you limited the nether, that you said this loaf of bread is specifically also alai on me, right? Uh, not lehegdish, it should be hegdish, it should be like hegdish. For achla, and then you went and ate it. So who ma'al? So you who ate it, you over me'ila, right? You over me'ila in the chorus, you're going to have to bring a carbon. But chavera lo ma'al. But your friend eating it would not be ma'al. Why wouldn't your friend eating be ma'al? It was only to you. It was only to you. But the birach, therefore, since it doesn't have that strong koach of them, so therefore, ain't la pigeon, it does not have an divir rav meir. So clearly we see here there's a tana, the sheet of rav meir, which seems to go like our Mishnah as well, is that there is me'ila associated with what? With something that you... With a nether, with a nether, there is me'ila. Chachamim oimrim, chachamim disagree. They say bengak, bengak, lemal. This is a din of a nether. It's not a din of hegdesh. Yes, it works like you made it like hegdesh. Doesn't give it. There's no me'ila. The vishe'ein me'ila bekornamas because there is no me'ila akoraz. But clearly, we see machlokas tanoyim on this very shaila. It's very interesting. The Ran says I has a suffix. Usually by the laws of, laws of Me'ila, if you misappropriate something that belongs to the, to the base of Migdash, as soon as you misappropriate, the item becomes Chulin. It like, it loses its, con- it loses its, its, its status of consecration when you were mortal. He says he doesn't know if the same thing would apply by an editor too. If you inadvertently use an item that there was an editor on it, do we say now that there's me'ila, the item now becomes automatically deconsecrated? He's, he's not sure. He's Mr. Pap, he's, I'm not sure. Okay. Amalei Rav Acha, Bereidi Rav Avila Ravashi. Kikri Alecho. What happens in a case where he said, my kikar should be osir on you? Okay. So therefore, uh, Ruvay takes a, a loaf of bread. He says, this is my loaf of bread. And I make this a nether that this loaf of bread is also to you. Okay? So now, the nether is binding on Shimon. Right? Now, the Matana comes along Ruvay and he gives it as a gift to Shimon. Now, normally the law is that by Me'ila, there's two ways to violate a carbon and, and, uh, and violate the laws of Me'ila. We talked about this yesterday. One is you change domain. You're taking it out of the domain of the, of the head dish by transferring it to another party. That act itself is considered to be an act of Me'ila, right? So you sell. I take something that unbeknownst to the buyer is hegdish and I sell it to him and he gives me money for it. That's an act of me'ila. That itself is considered to be an act of me'ila. Or another case is where you go and actually take, you take a bite out of something that belongs to hegdish. That, the, the difference is, one is the whole thing becomes as a me'ila. The other one, the me'ila is only specifically on the item that, on the part that you benefit from. But here the question is like this. Is that I said this loaf is usher on me. I come to you and I give it to you as a gift. Alright? The question is, is that going to be an act of me'ila? And we're going to, we're going to identify who, who's in violation. Right? So what it says like this. Who is considered to have done an act of me'ila? So limol noisin. Right? Now... Kikri Alecho, the case was, it was, I, I, I don't know if I misspoke, but it was Ruve made an usher to Shimon. 
Right? Now, if Reuben gifts it to Shimon, to say that Reuben is in violation of the Me'ilah, it's hard to say. Because Reuben, it wasn't usher to Reuben. It was only usher to Shimon. So if Reuben goes and gives it as a gift, unbeknownst to Shimon, but to say, oh, Reuben, you now transferred it out of heaven. Reuben, it wasn't usher to Reuben. To say that Reuben is usher in Me'ilah, in a regular case, right, when you go and sell something to the buyer, right, it's hegdish. So both people aren't allowed to do me'ilah on this item. But in this case, where Reuven said it's us or only to Shimon, Reuven's allowed to use it how he wants. So therefore, you can't say Reuven did me'ilah by gifting it to Shimon. So that thing can't say that, right? So if it's Shimon, I thought you said Reuven said it was us or Shimon. Reuven said it's us or to Shimon, but it's not us or to Reuven. So therefore, if Reuven goes and gives it as a gift to Shimon, Shimon. Oh, so you can't say Reuven has to go bring a carbon well, now. Is it, is it no, no, no. We're going now with that the, the, there is a violation and Shimon's not allowed to use it. But bottom line doesn't matter. But to say that Reuven was the one who violated can't be that Reuven's the one who oh, violated. Because it was, it was usher to Shimon. Right. So the Halal there wasn't usher to him. Now, Limol Makabo. So let's say Shimon. Shimon unwittingly accepted the gift. Well, you accepted the gift. Now it's transferred from Hegdish to Shimon. So there was Shimon should be over Me'il in this case. And it was also to Shimon. Why can't Shimon say like this? Listen, you want to give me a gift, right? You want to do something for my family. If I would know that what you're giving me something is also of me, I wouldn't have accepted. So therefore, it's, you can't... It's not on you now. So it's not even on you, it can't be, but it shouldn't be on me too, because I don't accept it as a gift. I don't accept something as a gift if it's actually to my detriment. Right, now the Ron points out, even though I didn't know doesn't help in the case of a sale, but in the case of a sale, that both parties are active participants. So therefore, in that case, the Torah holds is in violation. But in a case where I'm a passive participant, why am I a passive participant over here? I'm just saying, a gift is based on you doing something good for me, but if I would know that this is Me'ilah, I wouldn't accept it. Therefore, it cannot be Me'ilah. So therefore, like this. So therefore, Yachod Da'amah, you can say, Hetera Ba'isi. I only accepted it based on, I think I'm getting something that's mutter for me to use. But if it's something that would be awesome to me, well, Ba'isi, you cannot say that I'm over an act of Me'ilah by passively accepting a gift from you. Alright? So therefore, like this. So what, what's the rule? So basically, again, the case was Reuven said this love of bread is also to Shimon, and then without Shimon realizing it, Reuven gifts it to Shimon. So he said, who has, who has done an act of Me'ilah here? Reuven is not also to Reuven. Shimon, Shimon wouldn't have accepted it. So one says like this, Amale, so basically, uh, Rav Ashi answered, Rav Achai said, Mekabal Ma'al, Shimon will be in violation the Kishiyotzi, when he himself either sells it or eats it. Meaning, if, you're right, the act of just receiving it, at that point, there's no me'ila, because he says there's no transfer, transference of domain at that point either. Why is there no transference of domain? Because in order for transference of domain to have occurred, I would have willfully had to accept it. Had I known that this is an item that is on the prohibition of a nether, which comes associated with me'ila, I would not have willfully have accepted it. So I cannot, that my acceptance of it is not considered to be an act of me'ila. That's true. But if I follow up my acceptance of it, even if it's unbeknownst, and I eat it, let's say, or I sell it, now I've become an active participation in the act of Me'ilah. In that case, the recipient will, at that point, have violated the prohibition of Me'ilah. Because anyone who takes 
money of Hegdish and he spends it and he ta- and he makes it go lechulin kasavish lechulin and even though he thought that it was chulin money he did not realize meila only happens b'shogeg so he didn't realize that he is now spending money and uh, and deconsecrating money that belongs to beis Moro he is considered to have been an act of meila so abzeh so this too assuming we go like Rav Meir that there is meila by neder even though it's done inadvertently but if what his act is done he's doing now an active participant in the deconsecration or the uh, misappropriation of this item then it's considered to be an act of meila alright let's go to the next mission now this Mishnah actually is a follow-up of the previous Mishnah. The first, previous Mishnah we said that even if there is a nether between two people, Reuben and Shimon, mitzvah, certain things, machzah shekel, giving back the Aveda, there are certain things that you're allowed to do because mitzvahs are not given for the sake of benefit and therefore we don't say, oh, you helped him, you benefited him, therefore it's also you're in violation of the nether. So we said you're allowed to go ahead and do certain things. So we talk about similar situation. The Gemara will, uh, will, will clarify and get into it a little more. But the case over here is that let's say there is a uh, nether that precludes Ruvain from giving benefit to Shimon. Right? That's the case we're dealing with. Ruvain is not allowed to give any benefit to Shimon. So it's up there the commission. The Torah is Truma. So Ruvain can still separate Truma on behalf of Shimon. And he can take his, separate his mices for him. Ledaito with his acquiescence. Now the Gemara is going to explain whose acquiescence are we talking about here? Who knows that what they're doing is violating the netter? Is it is it Ruve or at least uh, going against the the netter? Is it Ruvein? Is it Shimon? Then we'll discuss exactly who that refers to. Now let's say Ruvein is a Kohen, and therefore and Ruvein has a netter that he's not allowed to do any benefit for. He's not allowed to benefit Shimon. Or it could be a lady. And now they bring Korbanas to the base of Migdash, and the one there to do it for them is the Kohen, who is not allowed to give them any benefit. Right? So still, Makrabalab Kine Zovin said Ruben can still bring for this fellow the birds that are associated with when a person becomes a Zov. Right, if it's a, zov, a, 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 a a major zov or a major zova, the only way to extricate themselves from all residual tumor to be able to resume eating korbanos, go to the base of mikdash, is they have to bring a pair of birds. It's birds that have to be brought and offered to the base of mikdash. So this kohen is allowed to bring the birds on behalf of the individual, even though the kohen had made a nether that he's not allowed to benefit them. Bringing a carbon for someone at this point, the more saying, even though the result is that this guy now is allowed to eat carbonus, he's allowed to eat meat, and doesn't matter, that's still permissible to do. It's not considered a violation of the nether. Kine Zobas, in case where it's a woman, that she became a Zoba and you bring the carbonus on her behalf. Kine Yoldais, or she had given birth. Also, there's a certain tumor that the, the residual tumor, you have to have uh, uh, carbonus of birth with chataos, or sin offerings, ashamas, guilt offerings. Right. Umalamda also you're allowed to teach him. Teaching Torah is a mitzvah. It does not violate the nether. So if Reuven had a nether that he's not allowed to benefit Shimon, he's allowed to teach Shimon Torah. Medrash, he's allowed to teach him the explication of, of, of Tukim, the drushes of Chazal. Halacha, he's allowed to teach him Halacha. Agados, he's allowed to teach him even Halacha, which is, is a, the tremendous benefit, the pleasure of learning Agados. Agados are um, the homiletic portions of the Torah, but Chumash, 
You're not allowed to teach him. The Gemara is going to discuss why is Chumash different. Mikra is Tarsh Vuksav. Why is Tarsh Vuksav different? Ava Malamad who is Bonav is Benosav Mikra. But you're allowed to teach his sons and his daughters. You're allowed to teach them Torah Shabbat Even though the, fa- has, the father has a responsibility to teach his own children, so now you are benefiting him now because he is now fulfilling his duty by you doing it, that's not considered to be a, a, that's a, a, a direct violation of the nether, that, that's a mitzvah, a mitzvah is not considered pleasure, and therefore you're allowed to go ahead and teach his children, his sons and his daughters. There is a question here whether the Girsa daughters should be in here, and this comes back to whether do- girls are supposed to be studying uh, Torah or not, the Chavetz Chaim, when he was asked the Shiloh about the first, uh, the, the first Beis Yaakov opening up in the city of Krakow, brought this as a raya that there's nothing wrong with teaching Torah Shavuksav to girls. He said the Gersav Gnosav. Some actually take out the Gersav Gnosav. And then my Gemara at home, it actually has a little comment over there that not to have, that some have, don't have that Gersav. Here I don't see it in this Gemara. Okay. Now, the Gemara now asks a what would seem to be a philosophical issue, but actually has practical implications as well. When a Kohen is bringing a Korban on behalf of a Jew, is he considered to be the agent of the Jew, or is he considered to be the agent of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? So, right? See, Boilahu, Hani Kahani, these Kahanim, all right? Shluchei Didan, are they our agents? Havu? Or are they the agents of the, of the heavens? Are they Akarish Boruch's agents? Says the Gemara Lamayna, is this semantics or is this actually a practical difference? Says the Gemara, no. What if the Kohen has a neder that he's not allowed to benefit the individual? The Gemara says, that's going to be the difference. Why? Let's speak it out. If you tell me, that they are our agents, so therefore, even though it's a mitzvah involved, but the fact that you are hiring him, or you are soliciting him to be your agent, that itself is, he's listening to it, that would be a benefit, a direct benefit, you would not be able to do it. If he's considered shliach of Hashem, so even though there's an altar, there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, a residual benefit, I can go eat carbon now, I can do, I, but, but that's not considered to be a direct violation of the nether because he's not doing it because you told him to do it, you know, Hashem, then he would be allowed to do it. That thing more says is going to be the difference. So therefore, so it's considered to be he directly is benefiting you. You're soliciting him to be your agent. He's benefiting you. But also, be also, but if you're telling me that he is the agent from of Hashem, then sorry, then it would not be a violation, a direct violation of the net. That would be permissible to do. Now the Ron says that this sugya actually appears in a number of places in Shas. We have it in Masechus Kedushin. And in Kedushin, the Gemara brought down a svara brought down a logic why it should be clearly shluchai shamayim and not our agents. He said like this, because in the laws of agency, there is a rule, the agent is not able to do anything for you that you are not able to do yourself. If there's a legal reason you can't do it, then you can't have an agent do it for you. Now, a, a Yisrael cannot bring a carbon. That's why well, Eishlech Baravera is, yes, there's a svar, because, right, you should be listening to Hashem, not listening to the, uh, right. But the point is over here, if a, a, a Yisrael can't bring a carbon, why? 
It's not a Kohen. It's not a Kohen. So how can the Kohen be bringing the Korban on behalf of the Yisrael? The Yisrael cannot bring it himself. Must be, says, concludes the Goran Kedushin that what? Right. So the Ram says that even though in Shem Kedushin we, we were posted to Shiloh with a Svara, the Gemara is trying to find a Mishnah or a Bryce, a Tanoic source that would be conclusive as well. And that's what we're doing over here, even though it was an Ipshat in, in, in Kedushin. Anyway, that's the Shiloh. The difference is going to be by a nether. If it's a nether precluding the Kohen from doing something for the Jew, so if he's a Shliach of the Jew, then he wouldn't be able to do it. But Shliach Shemayim would be allowed to do it. Toshema, Tisnan. Let's bring a ride from our Mishnah. What did our Mishnah say? That even though the Kohen has a nether, he's not allowed to benefit the Yisrael, the Yisraelis. He's allowed to bring their their uh, korbanos. He's allowed to bring their their zavin and kine zavin, kine zavos, yoldos, chatos, hashamas. Allowed to all these korbanos, and there's a huge benefit involved there. They can eat korbanos. They can go into the base of mikdash, and yet we see the kohen's allowed to do it. Must be what? He's a shliach shemayim, not a shliach. That's what it says. This non we learned in our mishnah. The girsa over here is umakriv alav kine zavin, etc. If you tell me that he's the uh, the yid's shliach, our shliach, then kamahanile, then he, by acquiescing to the shliach's request to be a shliach, the, by the, the, by the mashalev's request to be a shliach, that would be a great hanor to him. Says the one like this. The one has a gavaldic pushback. If in fact this is touching on the concept uh, that it's our shliach and. And therefore, it must be a shliach of Hashem. And therefore, that's why he's allowed to do it. Why does the Mishnah specifically pick these cases? These are all cases where you're considered to be a mechus of Kippurim. Mechus of Kippurim means that I would not be allowed to eat a korban or go to Beis HaMikdash unless these korbanas are brought for me. Why does it uniquely speak about these? Why don't it speak about all korbanas? All uh, korbanas, all, uh, all the other korbanas which don't have the aspect of now I can't go to the Beis HaMikdash or I can't. They don't have the aspect there was an Avera involved that requires there's a residual uh, uh, tumor or there's something resilient. Uh, right, that, just say bring, bring, uh, not bad, but individual, but, but, but like this, carbon, you're fulfilling my obligation, my chatas, you're fulfilling my obligation, why don't we bring those examples, right? If you're telling me that's the novelty, or the novelty over here is that even though, that, that you're allowed to bring carbonus to another Jew, because you're not considered his age and the age of Shemaim, then why is it limited to this? What the one is going to suggest is that really for regular carbonus, you are the agent of a Jew. And therefore, the your regular owner, you would not be allowed to bring him to discharge his obligation. But there, in these cases specifically, Hashem, for these things, Hashem saying it's, for, it's my benefit, now the guy can go to base and make this, my benefit, he needs carbon. In these cases, for these things, you represent me, you don't represent him, which is why you're allowed to do it. But regular carbonists, which do not have a Michusa Kippurim aspect to it, then in such a case, Taka, you would not be allowed to do it. So in fact, the proof is the other way. Right? It's more say like this. So, according to your reasoning, listen, why didn't the Mishnah teach regular korbonus? 
Right? So, Mazdeh, Mechuzah Kippurim Shani, that these Korbanas, which are called Mechuzah Kippurim, that there's a lack of atonement involved until the offering is brought, he's not allowed to go into Mesa Migdash, not allowed to eat Korbanas, she's not allowed to go into Migdash, not allowed to eat Korbanas. These are unique. In these Korbanas, you don't question, you support, you represent Hashem. But regular Korbanas, you could be representing the owner, and therefore you would not be allowed to bring a regular Korban on behalf of the owner. So, what it says like this. Right, the Shani, that maybe regular korban, these kind of korbanos are different. And Amr Rav Yochan, like Rav Yochan said, Hakol Tzichim Das. For most cases of korbanos, you need the acquiescence of the owner of the korban. You can't just go bring a korban on somebody's behalf if he is not cognizant and aware that is being brought, except. Except for these kind of korbanos that are listed in our Mishnah, right? Because for these type of korbanos, you can even bring it for your son or your daughter if they are uh, have some kind of uh, deficiency that require these kind of korbanos have to be brought. You're allowed to bring it on their behalf, even though they're minors. And they cannot give you full acquiescence. You can go ahead and bring it. Why? It makes sense with what we're saying. Because in these korbanas, you're not bringing it as an agent of the owner, which would need his acquiescence, would need his awareness. You're bringing it as an agent of a god of Therefore, you don't need the das of the owner. But specifically, these kind of korbanas. Shanema, as the Pazik says, Zos Torah Hazav. We're going to see all the Karbanas that are mentioned in our Mishnah. The Torah has an extra word. It says Zos Torah. These, these are the laws of the Zav. What is these are the laws of the Zav? What is that coming to include? It's an inclusive term. It's an extra term. Why do you have to, this is the law of the, what is coming to include? Zos Torah Hazav. Ben Gadol, Ben Cotton. It means that you can bring this for a Zav, whether he be an adult, or whether he be a minor, although it's not a frequent condition, but a minor can become a zov, a minor can become a, a zov. So therefore, situ- these situations, korbanas can be brought on their behalf. I, they don't have das. You don't need das in this case. Right. So therefore, so the more, therefore the more deflected the proof and in fact trying to bring a proof the other way. The Ron goes through why it's not a conclusive proof either way, but it means it's not, it's inconclusive. But bottom line is that it could be that these carbonas, even if you say that as regular carbon, you're shliach didon, but in these cases, you're shliach shamayim, and as we see that it works, these carbonas, you don't need the das of the uh, owner of the carbon or the person of the carbon being brought for, because it works bang bottle, bang cotton. So more says like this, what word told us that by Zov? Which extra word told us? The word Torah. Those Torahs are Zov. So more says like this, how are you going to say the same thing? The word Torah applies by Yoledis as well. It says those Torahs are Yoledis. Now what's the extra word Torah by Yoledis coming to teach you? That you can bring a carbon for a woman to get big birth without her awareness, even for a minor. The problem is a minor cannot give birth. So how could it be the word Torah teaching you that extra, what is it coming to teach you? So Elamahata, based on what Rabbi Yochanan's drasha is, Rabbi Yochanan, Zos Torah Siyoledes, Ben Ktana Ben Gdola, you're going to tell me it also means whether it's a minor or a Gdola, Ktana Bas Ledehi is a minor able to give birth. Vaha Tani Rabbibi, we've had this Gemara a number of times, Kameh Rav Nachman, Sholosh Noshim, Misham Shez Gemok, that in Yavamas, that there are three women that we allow them to use a Moch, a Moch is a contraceptive device 
It's a piece of cloth that a machlok is rasha benetam. Is it inserted before the koydus? If it's inserted afterwards, but there's a shaila. Either way, you're not in violation. We allow you to be not in violation of zera levatola because it is a sakana for these people to be using to, to 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 be getting pregnant. Right? Who are they? Katana, a minor, muberes, a. A pregnant woman, because we're afraid that the the second pregnancy might damage the right next handle. Very good. Or meinika, and meinika is that if she's nursing, it'll dry up her milk and it'll cause damage to the 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 the, the, the nursing baby. All right. And the case of Ketano is specifically why because if she does conceive Tamus, she will die because she's not able to carry the baby. But what do you see that it's why not possible? Cannot give birth. And therefore, since you can't give birth, why would you have to say this is the oh, law of the Yoledis? We don't have to include a minor and that the minor can't have a year become a Yoledis. So Mark says, you're right. That extra word, Torah, your lettuce, to teach me you can bring a carbon for a, your lettuce, whether she's awareness, does not have awareness, she's not coming to include a minor. It's coming to teach a shota. Mark says, oh, Torah, your lettuce, whether she is of mental acuity, that she has the ability to understand what's going on. But even if she's a lettuce, that is a shota, you can still bring, that's what the Torah, the word extra word, Torah, so your lettuce can teach. It can be coming for Ketana, but it's coming for shota. As we're going to see by the laws of your lettuce, and all other laws of, 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 of Shekin, other maybe carbon al ishto, uh, we see that a person can bring a carbon for his wife. The Ron takes out the word shaita, but it means that you don't need her acquiescence. You can go ahead and bring it for her, similar, in the same way. And where does that learn from? We see like this, we see the same idea, because you can bring for a shota. Just as you can bring carbon for a shota, you obviously can bring it for your wife without her acquiescence. Kadiv Rabbi Yehuda, following the re- teaching of Rabbi Yehuda, the sign you learned in a bride, there's certain carbonus that are brought based on the financial standing of the individual. If a person is wealthy, then you have to bring a certain type of carbon. A person is poor, a person brings a certain. If a person is indigent, then it even drops down like it's flower. Flower birds or an animal. Now, the point is as follows. Anytime a woman gets married, halachically, she is not considered to be having her own assets. Why? Mashikana Isha, Kanabala, that a woman, so therefore, technically, if a woman's obligated a, to, a, a carbon, what level of carbon would she need to bring? For the indigent. She would have to go to the indigent. Yet the Allah is not like that. Since the husband is responsible for her carbonus, it's assessed on his wealth and not necessarily on what her ownership of asset is. But that's the idea. Why? Because he can bring the carbon on her behalf even even without her necessarily acquiescence. That's what we're saying over here. So where's the danger of Yehuda Aymer? Other maybe carbon ashir al ishto. A person has to bring a, a wealthy carbon, the carbon of a wealthy person for his wife, even though she's not, because he becomes responsible for bringing her carbonus. The chal carbonus shechayves for all carbonus that she's obligated. And the Gemara brings a actually a proof that has a halachic aspect. Now there's a halachic between the Ran. And Tosvos, what the right Girsa is over here. Alright, the Ron learns the right Girsa is that in a divorce settlement, when the man divorces the woman, she has to write him a receipt that states that from this point and on, any previous obligations that I might have had, including <coughs> Carbonus, you are released from. Because up to this point, you had the responsibility of bringing my carbonus. So we bring this as a raya, that the man is responsible for the woman's carbonus. 
the 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 the, the Tosfos learns that it's actually not talking about at the time of divorce. This is talking about when they get married. The man has to write into the ksuva that any existing obligations that you might have, including korbanis, I now. Responsible. responsible. So who's writing for who? Is it happening at the Ksuba? Is it happening again? That's a machlokas in here, and we'll see the to the Girsav al Gemara. So what is it like this? The Chal Karbona Shechayeves, right? Shekach Tosev Law, because this is the Girsav al Gemara, is this what he writes for her, which fits like the Rosh, because actually he writes for her at the time of the Ksuba. The Iran's Girsav, Kach Koseves Loi, that she writes for him, Achrayes to Isli Alai, that any responsibility that I have on myself, Min Kadamas enough from this time before. So according to the Rosh, it's going to say, uh, according to Tosh, it's going to say, all responsibilities that I have previously, you are now taking on. And according to the Iran, it says, all responsibilities that I've had before during this marriage, you are now being released from. But anyway, the point at this, we'll continue with this tomorrow, but the point we're making right now is that the, that these carbonists, specifically, that involve Mechusa Kapara, that there is that there is an extra word Torah Toros that 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 include even people that are not you don't need their acquiescence that are shota cotton these things so we understand on these cases why do they work because you're shliach of Hashem specifically these type of korbanos but for regular korbanos then it could be that you are shliach of, uh, of of their shliach and in such a case maybe you first of all need their acquiescence number two. If there's a nether binding you, you would not be allowed to do it if you are directed at Shlev. So this still is an unresolved trial. We'll continue this tomorrow. How was the uh, trip? Great.